I will frequently get the middle-aged woman or the Asian lady like crossing in some sort of trance, crossing the grocery store to like try to touch my hair or say something or like, like oh my god, so, you're so over like, people with their hands and folks's hair. Well, yeah, I just said folks's. That's folks's. what it takes me to. It, it takes all my grammar away when your fingers are in my hair and you have not made eye contact with me and introduced yourself. Yeah, like I would never do that. You would never do that to a blonde um, with flowy mane. You would never do that to somebody who just got, you know, their red streaks put in. That's not something that is um, an Anglo on Anglo action. And why is it Anglo on non Anglo action? Like that is the strangest thing to me. You (laughs) would introduce yourself to someone's dog before you touch them. Right. For fear of getting bitten. Right, right, right. Yeah. You should have that same fear with people, <laughs> especially people who have been conditioned to have to deal with that kind of thing and are sort of fed up with it. Right. So if you have friends that are of color, um, in particular black friends, or you see people on the street, don't touch them without permission. Boys, that goes for you too. Pretty much everybody. Everyone. Hands. Hands off. To yourself. And it's also more fun to touch someone when they're begging for it. Mm. People are fascinating especially up close. More especially when you get them talking about the things that they love. This is From the Hip, conversations in the service of passion, purpose, and play. I'm Adrienne Gunn. You ready to play? Today on From the Hip, I get to talking with my friend, actor, and singer Ithaca Tell. We get to talking about race, how babies are terrifying, and some practical things we might do if we ran the world. Hey, I'm Adrienne Gunn, and I am excited to be here with my friend. Hi, I'm Ithaca Tell. Ithaca Tell. Pretty sure the Ithaca Tell. I love the Ithaca Tell. I still think it's awesome. I have friends that call me Miss Ithaca Tell, which gives me this feeling of, like, greatness. But I'm, I'm Ithaca. I am the only Ithaca Tell, but not the only Ithaca. I have mentioned this before. We are a group. Yes. On Facebook. We are Ithaca, and we exist. Also, there's Girls. an Ithaca in New York. There is. Probably, is it nearly as grand as you are? It, uh, they, they have a bumper sticker about the place that says Ithaca is gorgeous. Because there are gorges, like oh. the gorge, which I think is also clever and hilarious. Well done, Ithaca. They used to have the Ithaca dollar. Wow. Um, Cornell University is there. Oh, so yeah, yeah. Um, it embodies me in many ways. Grandeur. Um, clever. Sure. And... Um, I try to be hella intelligent if I can. That's fair. Yeah, that's not a requirement. <laughs> yeah, it's not a requirement. But. <laughs> so we were just talking about a show that we were in 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Sorry, eight years ago. We met. And the way that I got in that show probably happens. It's a secret special way that you get in a show. Yes. Where you get an email or a text from another person who's not white, say. Ah. Like another... Yes, yes, another yes. Any person varying, like you. Very different. All kinds of colors. So I got a, I got a, I got an email from a friend, actually Lauren Modica, who's an amazing actress. I love, love, love. Reached out to me and she's like, these people reached out to me. I'm busy. Can you do this thing? They're looking for, for people of color to play in this like hip hop show. Yeah. And what's great is that like, I didn't have to like look ahead or know about the show. I just wandered in and did pretty much a cold reading mm-hmm. for a good five minutes. And then I was in a show mm-hmm. because sometimes it can be useful to tan or to tan up. Like, I think I put makeup on. I don't remember. <laughs> tan up for a show. And there are a lot of parts. Funny. I've been offered and not been able to do a bunch of Hispanic roles. 
There's a oh. lo- local company yeah. keeps reaching out to me for yeah. some reason to play a Hispanic male. I don't know what's going on with their system. That's really interesting. <laughs> um, um, the, the, I mean, I got to play Othello, so ladies nice. playing men, no problem with that. Yeah, it was a great time. Jessica Tid played Iago. She's fantastic. It was a, a, a there were too many people for me to even think about naming at this moment because it's all color purple in the brain right now. Right. But you know who you are, Othello cast at Post Five Theater, and it was amazing. <laughs> Um, I would have loved to have seen your Othello. I'm sad I missed so it. so much fun. We, uh, our director, um, Kate, I call her Katie Maggie Fisher-Drager, but it's Caitlin Margot Fisher-Drager. She's amazing. Um, we went through that script and, and, and to take it sort of out of this masculine, really sort of like, we make war, we hate people, <laughs> we, you know, take women and, and make them behave kind of thing. Um, we wanted to take all of the sort of um, misogynistic aims out. We took all of the pronouns out and yeah. changed the male pronouns to females, changed the lords to ladies. Um, <laughs> but in particular, my favorite shift was that we took the race out of it as well. We had Lava yeah. Alpai play um, cast, sh- cast, anyway, the, the, the sea guy. I can't think of the names right now because Shakespeare and Color Purple. She's in color purple. <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute. Funny but about anyway, Lava. Sorry to introduce. No, no, no. She's awesome. She's the person I get confused for sometimes in town. Of course you do. Yeah. Of course you do. We're the same person. We um, look not much alike. No, but the shapes of our hair. Something we don't look at all like at all. Also, the lady from Rent. I don't look like her at all. From, except for apparently, I look like Rent. Tracy, something Tracy. Oh, I don't know. Mm. And yeah, I, I, I ran into actually uh, a couple of women. One of them is biracial uh, and one of them looks very much like me. And both of them said that they got confused, uh, that someone got confused uh, by them for me, as it were. Nice. Like they were like, oh, you're, I saw you in the show and you were wonderful. And they were like, thank you for Ithaca, but she is not me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I My friend uh, Damali once... Um, was told that they thought she was I, and she turned it into an art project. Oh, she is also Damali uh, Ayo. I met her. She's transcendently talented. I love, yeah. love, 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 love her. But the thing about Portland is, um, uh, I will even take the color purple for example. We are in this show together. There are a bunch of different faces. We're all black faces. It's an entire black cast. The production crew is uh, uh, our director, uh, music director, choreographer are all black. And um, the opening night and the last couple of nights, we've walked into uh, the lobby and audiences have been saying how wonderful so-and-so was playing the lead role when she actually was playing, you know, one of the secondary roles. And so it's a it's an interesting um <laughs> it's an interesting place to be where there are so few of you and people still can't recognize you at times. I get the benefit of being incredibly tall. Yes. Uh, and I stand out like a huge ebony sequoia, you know, yeah. like you can't, there are reasons you can't miss me. But in that case, I've often been confused for some of our more well-known drag queens in town. Fair. Funny you say that. Yeah. So in the show we were in, you played a character, Bobo. I did. Who I think was a dude. It's fair. It's fun that maybe Bobo was a lot of things. Yeah. Because it worked in the show. Yeah. But when I was thinking about 
and I, I was like, hey, I, I got, got in touch with him. Hey, can you show up? And can we do this? Can we do the show? Yeah, yeah. In my brain, it felt weird to call you she when I was describing to a friend. She said she can do it. I was just like, why does that feel weird? Because there's a large portion of how I related to you was on stage on in that stage, show from yo. that character. And you were yeah. Bobo. You were my protector. Yeah. And there was like this dude vibe. Right. And I'm like, also, also there's Ithaca. And Ithaca is a she. Right? Yeah. Why is that confusing? Yeah, it was very, it was confusing for me even. I mean, because at, at my size, at my height, <laughs> um, I can also be a voluptuous woman. And so I had to pad my midriff to have the breasts blend in to the belly um, and so that I didn't just look like a girl out there. So that was a really interesting thing. Um you know, hair, makeup, posture, that sort of thing. But then I also, I look like, um, (laughs) I think I look like my dad if he had gained a whole lot of weight, but then I did another show, um, with a company called Fuse directed by Rusty Tennant, uh, Rusty Newton Tennant, um, that it was called Consider the Oyster. And the play is about a, a man who eats some oysters and the oyster has the ability to turn from one sex to the other in its gestation process. So they can be male or female. Right. He broke his leg and they used the, um, the oyster to fix the bone and you know, you eat them too. Right. Um, and so he started to turn to a woman and he had a fiance uh-huh. and and how does the world sort of deal with love? That was the crux of the show. But <laughs> I was much thinner uh-huh. between Slap That Bitch and the other show, and I was able to strap the girls down. And I looked so much like my younger brother that I kind of had a little bit of a, like, I can't, whew, I'm not quite <laughs> sure I can handle this. I had a tiny meltdown because mm-hmm. um, uh, it's only recently that I've gotten to a point in my life where if a person mistakes me for a man, I, it doesn't hurt my feelings and make me feel like they're saying I'm ugly or yeah. um, all of these things that are like drawbacks from like, you know, sixth grade through 12th grade, yeah. um, you know, elementary through high school, kids being horrible to each other. It's It was the way it was. And when I saw myself and I looked so much like my brother, who is a handsome ass man, if I have to say, <laughs> but regardless of how beautiful I think he is as a, as a male for me as a woman to like see that and not be a person who has any sort of trans tendencies right. to be like a super cis chick in a great big, like hard mess with me and we'll have issues body right. like that is um and also be sort of a chihuahua of mind you know like if i'm a dog if i'm going to put myself in the body of a dog i'm one of those tiny little toy dogs like i'm right. a i'm a miniature pincher like i look you. tough i sound tough but i'm like yeah I'm like a mastiff with a miniature pincher inside <laughs> um so it, it, it that that was hard for me to take and until recently um, I've not crossed over to that plateau where it's like, you know what, if, if you looking at me 
feel like the energy that you're going to give me is the energy that you would give a man, which is mm, respect, reverence, um, <laughs> uh, care and feeding, as it were, yeah. um, as opposed to what you would give me as a woman, which is backseatedness. I am down. Misplace the breast for pecs. Have right at that. Take yeah. the deep voice for like a real man voice and not like a lady bass. <laughs> it's just, I'm totally okay with it now, yeah. but I had to grow into that as a person, I really had to start finding my sort of, um, my own personal awesome. Yeah. Like besides anything else, I never got to develop any finitis. Like I was never so pretty that everybody wanted to hang out with me just because I was gorgeous. And it wasn't, um, you know, like, uh, the super smartest kid like nobody wanted to cheat off of me either <laughs> necessarily right. um so i had to develop something and it was pretty much clever um but that took a while Heck took a yeah. while i love that when i feel most me i how i end up like how i feel inside mm. i get so surprised when i walk by a mirror or i see my reflection somewhere i'm like oh that's what i look like because yeah. a lot of the people that i modeled growing up are like michael j fox or other other people that people wouldn't think of, right? Yeah. And so when I feel most like me is when I feel like this like, glowing orb mm -hmm. of like ether with the universe, sort of light and breezy, and yeah. I'm and, and just love and light, and I get that back from people in yeah. that sort of way. And then occasionally people will say things or respond to me in a way that goes like, oh yeah, apparently I'm female. Oh yeah, apparently yeah. I have this who knows what the heck I am ethnicity. Ambiguous. And yeah, sort of thing. Yeah. And yeah, there's yeah. a lot of ways that I just love it when people when people see the real me or the mm. one I feel most connected to mm -hmm. and then they reflect it back to me. Yeah. It's such a treasure because we didn't we didn't pick any of this. Like I get so many if I go out in public and I do sometimes. <laughs> I will frequently get the middle-aged woman or the Asian lady like crossing in some sort of trance, crossing the grocery store to like try to touch my hair or say something or like, like oh my god, so, you're so over like, people with their hands and folks's hair. Well, yeah, I just said folks's. That's folks what it takes me to. It, it takes all my grammar away when your fingers are in my hair and you have not made eye contact with me and introduced yourself. Yeah, like. I would never do that. You would never do that to a blonde um, with flowy mane. You would never do that to somebody who just got, you know, their red streaks put in. That's not something that is um, an Anglo on Anglo action. No. And why is it Anglo on non Anglo action? Like that is the strangest thing to me. You <laughs> would introduce yourself to someone's dog before you touch them. Right. For Usually. fear of getting bitten. Right, right, right. Yeah. You should have that same fear with people, <laughs> especially people who have been conditioned to have to deal with that kind of thing and are sort of fed up with it. Right. So if you have friends that are of color, um, in particular black friends, or you see people on the street, don't touch them without permission. Boys, that goes for you too. Pretty much everybody. Everyone. Hands. Hands off. To yourself. And it's also more fun to touch someone when they're begging for it. Mm. <laughs> so I go out and I'm mesmerizing yes. people with my hair and that sort of thing. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I have this hair. Yeah. Or, oh, yeah. Like, there's times where it's a, like a celebrity. It's like celebrity for me, mm. the way that my the magic of my hair. And I haven't always had this hairstyle. But it, it is awesome, it's like though. mesmerizes some people into some weird responses. Mm -hmm. And I had to live up to the, like, they would anticipate joy from me because they loved my hair, but I was kind of a grumpy person for a lot of years. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, 
Well, I'm oh. sure some of that comes from people always expecting you to be like, sure, you can touch it. <laughs> yeah. Also childhood trauma. trauma. Although I tell you what, I really, the first time I met you, I was like, ah, ass. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it like calls to you. Yeah. It's right. so the ringlets are the, oh. They're so lovely and tight yet separate and bouncy. It's I, pretty awesome. Thank you. When I was little, I haven't had this memory in a while. When I was little, I was ashamed of my hair because I thought that uh, it looked like Medusa. And Medusa was evil. Oh, and but that she made me isn't. sad. Well, that's what I thought at the time because in children... But then you like, studied, yeah, and you realized she was tortured and not evil. Yeah. yeah. Poor Medusa. Damn it. She didn't do nothing wrong, y'all. Like, seriously, she literally was just, she literally was just pretty. Oof. She was the most beautiful of the three Gorgon sisters. Right. And so Zeus loved her, so his wife cursed her face. Like, <laughs> what? Yeah. That's a challenge. Yeah. 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 We literally need, like, text mythology. Like, hashtag cursed her face. Like, that's it. That's poor Medusa. She didn't do nothing wrong. Hashtag Hera cursed her face. Right. Not cool. That's odd. Not cool. But, you know, Zeus was like turning into swans and raping folks. So, there was a lot going on. Hera, she the, had to put something down. The Greek gods. <laughs> all of the gods from all of the places. All of the gods Pretty. were a bit of a mess. And they're sort of, you know, morphs of humanity at the time. It sounds like. Hello. As much as we can be like, hey, remember to asked to touch my hair humanity has improved yes technically absolutely quite a lot uh, well yes we're not shooting it some of us aren't shooting each other in the streets <laughs> not not as much it's okay <laughs> i am having a wonderful time being bl a black american woman in society so here's the whole thing there's so many minorities that you can be right and as as each one compounds like diamonds, the pressure makes you stronger or you just crack in half. Like, like we're carbon-based creatures, right? So I decided to diamond, right? I am, a, I am a, a woman. I am a black. I am a tall woman in particular. We are a niche um, in society that is sort of um, weirdly dehumanized. But, you know, we figured that out because models. But I'm also, <laughs> you know, like a real person in society. And right. so not a model um i am left-handed yeah the simple right -handed thing privilege this is so right hand crazy. privilege is yeah. a thing it's a world it's a whole world that you have to learn but those each and every one of those things if you are strong enough to get past them i am religiously indifferent um i once called myself a recovering christian but i think i'm past that okay. i'm like religiously indifferent at this point i'm i am uh spiritually uh, connected and religiously indifferent. Um, I f there's more. There's more. There's so many. But I don't need to like put a label on it because those labels narrow opportunities for people to express their true selves. Right. right. So if this guy over here says this thing that makes you automatically feel like excluded. Um, then you're going to tuck your head under your little wing and wander away until you find something that makes you feel like you want to pull your head out and stick your chin up. And I think that that is, that is what most uh, clinically religious people lack and um, spiritual yet religiously indifferent people, I think, are going to be the, this new wave of positive energy.
digits crossed. The other things I'm thinking about is the way in which, as actors, you and I, mm. it's part of my training. I, we are a many thing. Yeah, we have to I be. I know you have amazing singing voice, too. We have to be. I'm trying to be nice to it right now, so. We can do that. <laughs> Where actors, the... What's interesting is we might be able to better model a kind of fluidity mm. of expression personally and of like people don't talk in the, the muggle world outside of the acting and theater that. world about yeah. receptivity. Mm. That mm-hmm. we're practicing a kind of receptivity in every moment on stage. Well, we're sort of Pavlov programmed into that if you've taken any kind of real acting class. That yes and is not something that happens naturally. No. The the ability to be open and receive any kind of improv training, any kind of like free form acting training forces you to take what the other person has given you that is that was not on the page and give something back that is equally... Um, uh, structured and strong and keeps the flow going. If you throw a brick in that, that's, you know, it's just negative. It's just antithetical to getting anything done. Yeah. And um, <laughs> if you work enough, if you've gotten your hours, your 10,000 hours of theater in, yes, and is like breathing after yes. a while. And you start to do that with people in life. And if you're really good at it and you also don't, don't like to hate people. Um, <laughs> some of us do. Yeah, no, I, I had moments. Um, and and years. I, I, I have encountered some people in this town who have taken me to a place where I've had to gently school without actively raging at the same time. Yeah. And it's been, um, I think a positive experience for them. It was certainly a positive experience for me because it helped me learn um, some things about my ability to rein my emotional beast, as it were. Right. And I think that that is, um, that is a skill that a lot of actors fail to continue to sharpen. Right. Like, it's like a knife. You know, you've got to, you need something to keep those edges straight. And as we work, they sort of bow, bow out and, you know, flex and conversations with people, opportunities with the world, right. you know, just even getting out and talking to people after a show, the act of engaging the public once right. you, when you've worked as hard as you've worked and you've literally at some times bled, yep. certainly sweated. And as for the color purple, tears, 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 tears. Um, it's after you're doing all of that, plus all the singing, plus all of the sending of yourself to fill the space where 600 yes. people are. Yes. You know, it's amazing. You're lucky on the that body. you get to do that with other people. Yeah. That kind of energy. I've had some challenges with, uh, Nate Crosby says that he loves us both. Mm-hmm. I love you, I love you, Nate. Miss you. Uh, the, the thing of like, okay, you, you. You get into that receptive mm-hmm. energy on stage and you throw yourself out big. Mm-hmm. And then going out to, with the publics, I had to install the habit of continuing that large energy until I got home. Because mm. when I used to get off musical stages, I had the hard time making that. Tr- like I jumped off the step yeah. of the stage and hit the floor. And then I was just, I'm just Adrienne. Mm-hmm. Like I may as well be doing laundry and people are trying to talk to me, Yeah, but they're not trying to talk to me. They're trying to talk to the energy that I had on stage. Yeah, yeah. And I needed to like install like 
some version of that kind of energy so that mm-hmm. it could stay in a receptive space with people because I'm ready to like shut down and nap. Yeah. And, like squeeze under some blankets and that sort of thing. <laughs> That's interesting. I uh, So stage door is like part of the job for me. And and it is it is it is on. And the thing about Portland is that the stage door doesn't really stop after your show is done. Mm-mm. The stage door doesn't stop when your show is over. I've literally run into people in the grocery store who are like, you know, I saw you in Alice in Wonderland at Northwest Children's Theater like years ago, yeah. two years ago, um, or just saw Cinderella or, you know, saw me in a Harriet Tubman tour when they were in elementary school in 2000. And so <laughs> right. that, that um, staying receptive to people on a regular basis is really important, like always for me. And so my, I'm always, I'm not always on like that, but I mean, my ability to engage with people is always in reserve. Nice. Um, and I can tell when they need it Mm-hmm. And and I can tell when they don't need it and they just want it because they want to feel whatever. And so I'll give them what they need. I, I'm also, um, I work with people outside of doing theater. So uh, I've been, you know, teaching kids um, in after school arts programs. And so there's always some bit of me going out to the universe because there's a lot in here. I, I liken myself to a fire tornado. Yeah. Um, I've had an I, internal representation of like, like uh, like the spinning phoenix vortex of fire and energy. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. yeah. And I, I'm I don't I don't have I haven't built the trap door, you know, to like just lock it down. Um, because, well, I mean, yes, I have. It's um, there are two things: sleep and wine. <laughs> <laughs> um, but be, I'm a I'm an aquatic fitness instructor, and I deal with um, people of ranging ages and uh, abilities and that sort of thing and engaging with folks like that all the time. Literally, if I ride the bus in this town, people just start talking to me. Mm-hmm. Um, also, like, you're very recognizable. Good. That is true, but I live in Portland. Like if I yeah. went someplace else, the same thing would happen. And that's because I radiate that energy. I really do believe that people, um, the, the, the heat that you produce creates a color I know some of y'all think it's woo-woo, but auras exist. Well, they take photos of it. Yeah, Yeah, they do. Um, And mine is hot and cool at the same time. It's like, you know, Portland in the early fall. (laughs) I am September Mm. in most places. I am September. And I think that's, um, and I'm also born in September. So there you go. When's your birthday? September 5th. Hey. Yeah. And my husband's is September 6th. Oh, that's and our mother's birthdays are the exact same day as each other, which is that's interesting. Amazing. (laughs) Yeah. My uh, he's still Ethan, Ethan LaFrance. He's incredible. Um, (laughs) I love him so much. We just he literally walked around the corner into my life. Wow. um, At an audition uh, at Post 5 Theater. More than one good thing happened to me in my connection with that company. Um, and we met and we've just been together ever since. We got married in Germany last year and he's fantastic and everything I ever needed, wanted. Didn't realize that there were some things, I, you know how you make a list and you're like, yeah, yeah. box, 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 tick these boxes or no go. He was like, 
Broughton, 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 Broughton. Can I make you a new box, babe? <laughs> this and this. I was like, oh, wait, now there's a new list of things. Like, That's don't let anything cool. happen to him because I will be devastated. But, you know, I'm not even going to think about that. We won't put that together. Yeah. Well, no. you know. No. Our birthdays are a day apart. That's so wonderful. Yeah, it's trying to A couple years? We've been together. Actually, January 3rd will be our four-year anniversary to the day that we met um, and our, our anniversary, the first date would be January 15th. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I love him. I love him so much. He's just, yeah, he's my thing. He's my perfect thing. He's perfect. He's absolutely perfect for me. He's, um, he's taller than me. He makes me feel like a tiny person. Wow. So here's this thing. Right. <laughs> I personally call it Amazon syndrome. Women are, I mean, people in general are, are sort of given the idea that, um, little things, cute things are supposed to be picked up and hugged and snuggled. You already always want to like pick up and squeeze the thing you love. And, and I've been six feet tall since I was 12 years old. Yeah. My father is six or four. He has not picked me up in years because I was a grown up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my uh, brothers are taller than me, mm -hmm. um, except for one. Uh, but they're all younger than me. And I tend to, you know, when we were kids, I was throwing them around. And then we grew up and they were bigger than me. And then we just sort of stopped. Okay. So my relationships, you know, I mean, there aren't that many tall men in the world. Well, there are, but there weren't in my sphere. Right. Yes. Um, I, I was in similar... I have, and you're relatively tall too. I have some tallness, but and I, I also have some you. like depending I mean, on where I'm at in my life. I'm either I've been tiny, but I'm usually like I have either muscle or some some curve or stuff going on. I'm yeah. like the substance of a person. Yeah. So in my moments of getting to be tiny and thrown around, and it's I didn't know that it was a thing. It's it's a thing. That it was enjoyable and whoa. Yeah. yeah. It's fun. Like it's like being in in a roller coaster that is warm and loves you. You and know what I mean? Nice. And smells nice. It's a good smelling You know, and just has a heartbeat. It's so great. Like the first time I hugged Ethan, <laughs> we were uh, I was at a show. I was emceeing a show with my friend Matt Ensley, who is uh, my bandmate, me, and he and I are the Bindle Punks, and we were emceeing a piece, a fundraiser that he was doing for yeah. Esther's Pantry. Um, Ethan came to see it because his friend, our friend Heidi, uh, said, go and see it. Right. Get out of the house. Stop being, you know, and sit around or whatever. He wasn't, he wasn't getting out, so she suggested it. Yeah. He came to the show. He helped us clean up, and I am... Um, I decided I was going to ask for things. I've you know? done that too. Right? It's like, here's it's what weird. I want. What I want to do is I want to hug because you're so tall. I just, can I hug you? And I asked him and he hugged me. And when he hugged me, his chin hit my forehead. Oh. And my brain sort of short-circuited their hormone. Yeah. It just zzz, zzz. like, <laughs> uh, it just, it, that's never happened. And that is a, I didn't realize it was a thing like that, but the second it happened, I was just like, I cannot exist in the world without this person in my life. Yeah. And so uh, I proceeded to find him um, in a picture that my friend Heidi had in her banner. His head was cut off. <laughs> All I could see was from the lips down. And I was like, that's that guy. So uh, I went to the, I found him and I gave all my information. We got together on the phone. Um, and then, yeah, the rest is history. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. 
Love is so sweet. Yeah, it is. Well, that's short circuit. Like I have total like psychological, scientific ways of describing that thing. That's not as important as how you felt and that it's working for you. Chemistry, man. I mean, literally the, the, I do believe in the science of love, um, in the science of connection. I do. Um, There's something chemical that happens to you and, um, yeah, the right, the smell of a person can, mm-hmm. can do a thing. I mean, there's some, yeah, yeah. There's some interesting stuff these days about like attachment theory. Yeah. Where like the combo of adult romantic relationships having this powerful and profound capacity to heal any particular mm-hmm. attachment challenges you had in your primary parenting relationships. I'm not saying that you, we already get sort of colloquially that we sort of date our parents. And in like a non-creepy way, so sometimes you find the, the modeling that you had when you were little. Mm-hmm. But it's not just your parents. It's whoever else you modeled and looked up to. And however, all of your connections with people when you were a tiny person, mm-hmm. these moments mm-hmm. of the ways that our nervous system was wired and the moments that we felt good. So when we were tiny and held in a nurturing way, that wires deep. And so when we yeah. find another moment like that, and there aren't many moments like mm-hmm. that for adults mm-hmm. of connection and touch and... Apparently things we need. Well, because we, you know, sort of privatize is not the word I'm looking for, but we we shift the every level of human skin on skin contact into a sexual intimacy box. Mm -hmm. And after you are a certain age, you're not allowed to have these kinds of um, really necessary tactile relationships with people outside of um, somebody trying to get some, and that's terrible. Like, my brothers and I are not the huggiest crew, you know? Um, But I think that that is something that we were conditioned to or out of, and and then whatever, you get old and you're just like, get off me. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, it's not, I know a bunch of siblings like that, but I also have friends who like, the second they come into contact with their brother or sister, they're like hugging or wrestling or something that is right up on them. And that's, that's great, but that wasn't my style. Mm. Um, but the, my the, I don't know, there's something, my dad met my husband, he was my fiance at the time, <laughs> and Ethan is taller than my father by like four inches. Nice. So that was, that was an interesting face-to-face. Oh, my dad loves him. Nice. By the way, I'm really happy about that. My mom loved him as well, so he sort of pleased both the parents. Um, Ultimately, in the long run, that was a good thing. Nice. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that. So you get to do yeah. acting in town quite a lot. I don't want to say whether, like, because you're ridiculously talented. So I appreciate you, that. You may, like, when I think of you, I imagine you as being, like, one of the first, like, on the top list of the first people that people want to call to bring in for a lot of roles in town. Like, there are people who are, right, literally right now, there are at least four people in this town writing something specifically for you. <laughs> if that were true, I'd be working more. <laughs> Actually, that's, I mean, I'm doing a lot right now. I'm doing a lot right now. My friend, uh, Elizabeth Huffman, I mean, this year has been madness. Um, Elizabeth and I went to Germany. She wrote a play, Shakespeare piece. She took all of these bits from Shakespeare, um, uh, sonnets, um, um, bits from, uh, as you like, all the plays, um, uh, Much Ado About Nothing, just here and there. We got some false staff in there. There's some PIM. And yeah. she put it together into Bon Ton Roulet at the Shakespeare Cafe. We did it at Fertile Ground here in Portland in 2013. Nice. She revamped it 
And we pitched it to this company in Bremen, Germany, the Bremer Shakespeare Company. Sweet. They picked it up. We translated that show into German. So I got to go to Germany to perform a Shakespeare piece that isn't a Shakespeare piece because right. Shakespeare didn't write it, but Shakespeare wrote it, written by Elizabeth Huffman, songs that were sonnets. I got to sing blues numbers and jazz tunes and speak German. Oh. Like it was, oh, to learn a language, I'm actually learning it now. I trans, I basically took it, took the German, listened to it, listened to it, listened to it, absorbed it into my brain, had no idea what I was saying, except I knew the play. Right. So I knew what I was saying, but German and English do not, direct translate right um and so that was an interesting sort of um where is this word and how does it work uh how does the poetry in shakespeare suss out that was an incredible learning experience um got to get married over there got to have my honeymoon in london came home um lots of fitness work uh and then auditions 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 color purple happened like that that was fantastic um, Timothy Douglas is wonderful. Darius Smith, fantastic. Lady Dana Didi Figueroa is a brilliant. Um, I just, she's, she's so beautiful and such a lovely dancer. And, and her attachment to earth movement mm. is really transcendent. It's one of my favorite things about Color Purple is our, the dancing that we do, it's not like typical Broadway show dancing. There's no like high kicks, pirouettes and, sure. you know, that sort of thing, which is fine. Um, but the show is sort of one of those, uh, well, it's rooted in black culture. So we got some moves from Africa, some things from like ring shouts from the, from the church, nice. um, that sort of thing. So to be able to be a part of that is amazing. I'm doing crowns at Portland Playhouse next year and... Yeah, TV and film, whatever I can get my fingers on at the moment. Heck yeah. Mm -hmm. I was thinking how funny it is, the, the resurgence of like people loving musicals and, mm -hmm. and, and acapella singing. There's a lot of things that are growing that it sort of suffered probably through the like MTV years. There were a lot of things that didn't quite, quite sing Including out. true music. Right. <laughs> but um, I, I got really freaked out when I saw that Fun Home was going to be a musical. I'm just like, ah, I have a trigger mm. around musicals. Like, there are a couple of triggers that I don't understand why they're there, but that's what triggers are about sometimes. Yeah. We're like, like Vienna, like a choir, if you have a tiny soprano boy, I will sob. <laughs> so in all of the gangster movies where everybody's like, fur, fur, you know, uh, and shooting everybody, and then there's that scene always in all of the like 90s mm -hmm. gangster films where there's the tiny boy Angelic and boy. sobbing in this badass <laughs> film. But musicals, whether they yeah. earn it or not by being good or at, at you know or useful, I will sob at whatever the songs are. Yeah, whether they earn it or not. And so I was thinking about. But the fact is, they do earn it if it comes from you. I suppose they paid for it. I've seen a lot of terrible shows. But what that does I the music for. do to you? I guess that person. That's the thing, though. Yeah. It's the it's it's the difference between a play and a musical. Like you could, it, this could have easily Color Purple could have easily been just turned into a stage play, but they already made the movie, right? So this why is bother? the one where it actually makes sense to me. Yeah. Like my first instinct was like, oh gosh, that sounds terrible. And like, I haven't seen the show. I will though. Mm -hmm. So, but then I was like, wait a second. The the positioning, like I've watched the movie, I read the book. 
This is the only musical that makes sense to be lived out as a musical because the survival strategy、mm. of the community、is、was、music. to sing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yep, were yep, singing yep. to like an underground railroad、mm-hmm. to sing commands. Like、mm-hmm. singing, dancing, music was especially for of, this culture. Absolutely, for tick and and the southern black aspect of it. Like that was, I mean, this Baptist business is no joke. Like、mm-hmm. they were literally. Singing their lives day in day out, and that's a it, it's a channeling of the good energy to, to push out the bad energy to be able to then go and face the world again、uh, is hmm, an interesting way to purify oneself,、yeah. and it is always moving.、Um, I I think. I think the one thing Eddie Izzard makes a joke about this. Okay, <laughs> I love him. He's an incredible, com- incredible comedian. And the joke that he makes is that、um, religious music, religious music typically, especially Anglo religious music, is very dirgical. <laughs> oh God, you know,、yeah. it's all sad and down, and oh, life sucks, and you be nice to me, God, thanks. And but. For people who have gone through some of the toughest struggles, the hardest living, the most、um, the most put upon for no reason circumstances, still every time show up, put together, and the music takes you to this. Place that is so like full of joy and goodness and glory, and you end up the the praise level is transcendent. These these white church, not not just、to. white churches, but Anglo churches, like the Catholic Church, all the money, they have all, all the, the money. money, all the money. Yeah.、Um, not that there are some you know televangelical organizations that are not you know pretty strapped as well, but I'm talking all the money, and the music is still very sad and.、Um, We have too、yes. much flag. Sorry. And our music is more like you know, there's someone over here going whoosh, whoosh, and we're going, "Thank you, Lord. Yes, we'll take it. We take everything because that's what we do." And it's <laughs> it's just not. How do we do it? How do we take the whip and be the tambourine at the same time? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's it's. It's something I'm really happy to be connected to, as a person, as a people, as a as a something. If I'm going to be connected to something in this country, I want to be a part of the thing that everybody steals from. Like、Wait. all the coolest shit is from us. Yeah. I mean, down to the stoplight, but we won't get into that. There's this like Facebook page that is like you know all the things that the world would be without if it weren't for black po- folks. Sure, sure. Most of your our clothing, cause、right. cotton,、um, tobacco. Right. No cigarettes for y'all. No、I mean,、PB&J. like, yeah, no PB and J. Really, just not the whole, not the whole、so、country in a lot of ways. Heart I, transplant stuff, like lots of lots of things, lots of things. Women as well. I mean, yeah, Madame Curie. I just have to say that out loud. She was amazing. She wasn't black, but she was amazing. And when we remember that.、Um, <sighs> What? Women invented CJ, Wi-Fi. Woman invented Wi-Fi. You, you just、go. blew my little mind. We wouldn't look, be here. A new ring. Without women. Not only that, we wouldn't be here if we didn't remember that we were part of the animal species.、Right. Like there was this thing that came out on NPR just the other day that was like the placenta would not be able to form if it wasn't for this bacteria. 
that didn't exist. And I mean, come on. That's amazing. It's a gross thing. It's a bacteria in our body, but it, it makes the babies be babies. That's the other thing. Yeah. My husband made me want babies. Oh, wow. I ain't, you know me. Right. I was like, babies are for chumps. <laughs> That's exhausting. Who and wants that? I was that? like, our babies want to be beautiful. Yeah, children are terrible people, but they that's are. exciting. Yeah, ours you would have been what? fierce little gorgeous monsters, like tall with beautiful legs and like perfectly balanced, like you, perfectly balanced. First rule of genetics, spread the genes apart. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. I tend to not necessarily get the the pleasure mm. of identifying with the cultures I'm from very frequently. If, it's funny because even to be called to play uh, a, a black or people of color, I technically mm -hmm. sort of am a people of color, but I don't, I'm more of a question mark. I'm well, where are you from? Well, so my family's, my father's side is uh, Scottish and German. That's our namesake. Mm -hmm. We have a, a crest and the plaid and the whole thing. I'm 4% Irish. Nice. Yeah, on my mama's side so far. I had like DNA stuff done recently enough, and like 38% is West African stuff. So I yeah. always used to say like I'm just a mix of a bunch of different kinds of slaves bred for size and strength. Pretty much. So I don't know where they're all from. Somewhere yeah. Africa smooshed mm -hmm. together. Uh, mm -hmm. And every now and then, there's, you know, there's the tiny things that now we have language to call it microaggressions. There are things I've experienced my whole life that are in the yeah. category of sort of microaggressions generally. And so there's stuff I experienced about like gender things because I was very androgynous. Maybe I'm still, but like kicked out of bathrooms for more of my life until I was about 25 and short hair. That was all my whole aghast face. What? Yeah. No, who I am now in present, like people wouldn't have known and yeah. I used to be outside all of the time so I was way way dark yeah so when I was little I got more stuff but mm -hmm. like one of the things you're talking about things that were stolen from our culture mm. the last I guess okay I just recently did watch Hidden Figures like a year ago and That's I'm like our country movie. is stupid it's a good movie okay, fuck that this movie yay this movie but fuck that this is this is stupid <laughs> that all these black women like saved the right saved moon, the moon space landing. program saved oh the God. space program saved yeah. the space program space force <laughs> but i was <laughs> i was sitting in uh rock and roll history class that's <laughs> cool. i was sitting in a rock and roll history class i just had to have a <laughs> <laughs> and the teacher taught us many things we, like where, where country music and, and, you know, I learned that the banjo is from Africa and those sort of things. But there's this moment where he throws on this video because it's in the part where you've got, uh, it's uh, rhythm and blues or it's, mm. what was it before it was rock and roll? Okay. Rhythm and blues. It was sort of, it was like yeah, country. Yeah, yeah. But the Western first rock, rock and roll rock and guitar blues. player yeah. was another un black lady. She was amazing. So, so he puts this video up, and it's super black and white. There's an SG, which is that devil horn shape Gibson guitar. Ah, yeah. On this curvy black woman, Sister Rebecca. Yes, Rebe Thorpe. Yes, Rosetta. Rosetta. Rosetta Thorpe. Yeah. I'm sitting there in the class, and instantly, I can't tell if I want to sob or vomit. It's because both. I I felt fortunate to at least be. I'd started playing guitar at 13, started performing yeah. around 14, yeah. but at least be in the part where uh, acoustic guitars and electric, like came back into the forefront, 
women songwriters were becoming very popular. It was mm -hmm. just pre-Lilith Fair that okay. I was learning to play guitar and instrument. But the rule was that like rock and roll was for like skinny white boys. And that was it. And not only was this the curvy black woman playing electric guitar, mm -hmm. she was playing lead guitar. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to vomit. I only found out a year ago, like that was 10 years ago. I found out a year ago that she was also bisexual. And I'm just like, oh, I didn't right, know yeah. that. And that was well known at the time. There's just the fluctuations of yeah. like. Time is an interesting thing. It's an interesting beast. This weird way of like so many things that I just felt a, a deep betrayal mm. and sadness mm -hmm. of the way in which there's a story of who music is for and who makes it. And well, how much this country is very we've grown, we've grown. You've grown. But when I think about the fact that Portland, Oregon, um, it, when if B.B. King wanted to come through town to play, he couldn't stay at a hotel here. He had to stay at someone's house in Northeast, mm -hmm. right? Like um, when when James Brown. I mean, same thing. And so to, to have this legacy of possibility, the music, the, the stuff that we've created also be hidden behind this thing. Of course we don't know. There's so much we don't get to experience because it was, I mean, we as a country, not just we as people of color, but I keep hitting this microphone. Sorry, y'all. Um, we as a country, but we, we as people of color, we don't get to know our own history, right. which is um, a shame enough. Mm -hmm. But the fact that on top of that, hiding that doesn't allow America to be as rich as it could be. Oh my God. Because if more people here recognize that everybody that come here comes here has done something awesome, that all of the groups have participated and, and there is no superiority my eye. Come here, work your little butt off and things will happen for you. Like chance favors the prepared. You can't just sit there on your butt and expect things to manifest. You gotta get out there and do some work. Right. And a lot of this country was built off the mental manifestations of other people who put the physical manifestation on the backs of folks that they aren't paying right. for. And that continues. That continues with our migrant workers, that continues with our fruit pickers, that continues with our, our waiters and our teachers, and it's, it's too much. Like we undervalue the people that we need to value the most and we overvalue the people that we really should be allowing to take a back seat and maybe give them some other kind of responsibility. Right. You know, we're paying millions to these boys to play games for us and be our pigskin gladiators. And in the meantime, we're also telling them to sit down and shut up because they didn't earn their chance to talk about the stuff that they're doing for us. Like we can't, we, we want to have it so many different ways and, um, and we're not getting it any of the ways right now. Our job as artists is to sort of help people see their stupidity. Yeah. yeah. Um, and not just to entertain you. It is not always just for fun. Sometimes it's for learning. Hell yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, I keep wondering if it's possible that the skill sets that we have to entertain, mm. I know for a fact that they're ther therapeutic because we get oh, to yeah. experience the therapy of what it means to embody 
a, a new story mm-hmm. so like you just mm-hmm. like bring in a new story inside and how that allows us to heal yeah. our stories about who we are what we're capable of that sort of thing i laugh frequently that when i am on stage i can dance and move in all kinds of ways that i can't dance and move like even the character i played with you charmaine She's got moves that I she she'll have to teach them to me. I have pictures of you mounting <laughs> on a couch. Yeah. Oh man. Oh but that show. Yeah. I want more of the skill set and tools that we have to be dispersed so that everybody can get more of that access. How to do their you teach people to imagine themselves invincible? You know, how do you teach people to imagine themselves um vulnerable like part of the uh part of the madness of being an actor is the ability to flip in and out of yourself in so many ways and they, and it's usually the selves that you muggles as you call them um have been conditioned to closet mm-hmm. and so we are we are used to living in those places of strength vulnerability like i I learned to be a strong person by pretending to be one on stage. Yes. Right? So if I when when I was scared, I went on stage anyway. When when those butterflies happen and you feel like you're going to throw up, you go throw up, you brush your teeth, you get your ass on stage, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like though that's just the way. And so you condition yourself. I like to Okay, so um today I was calling I did a um we did a workshop with some students in a high school and we were talking about um actors as as professionals and <clears throat> the professional actor is a theatrical athlete mm-hmm. we have to be trained to do certain things and just like any athlete we get we have to condition up right so before you go break boards in in a in a martial arts class you've got to put your hand through a couple of boards right um you got to warm up to it you've got to like make the bone strong enough to keep doing that without breaking that is what we do to our psyche as actors as we keep opening up the wounds some people can't do that without yeah. breaking and they should not be actors right. if you can't okay If you're in a play and you are playing a murderer and you can't leave the set and not be that murderer I personally think you're not an actor you're a doer and that actually I think is more of a mental health issue yeah. and can lead to mental health issues for actors that is a deeper um, conversation about much deeper conversation yes that is celebrated is not acting No, and, it's not acting. It's it's and it's, not it's frightening. Consent. It's not consent. And it's a disorder. Yeah. That's really scary. It frightens me a lot. Yeah. I think an actor should be we should be able to get in there, get it on cue and get out. I um, think and one there of should the be things, life in that. Very at this point very I'm just going to I'm going to gender something. Very mm. few women need to do method because women are cultured to do emotions. Yeah. And unfortunately there are a lot of male actors that I don't think know how to do the expansive emotions yeah. unless yeah. they literally put themselves in the position and I was like but that's not that's not the fle- mm-hmm. that's not flexibility no that's not how acting should work or needs to work and you don't need to do that Mm-mm. one to be able to be expressive 
one doesn't need. That's somebody who has no capacity for emotions, and that's yeah. far more like narcissism, which is an illness. Absolutely. Uh, that can be healed. It turns out. Can it now? Absolutely. Really? Yeah. There's new studies. Was it self awareness? No, there's narcissism is in simplest terms a disconnection from the body. Obviously, disconnection from emotions. That everybody okay. knows, but it's 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 almost literally as if you've been cut off from being able to experience your body and such right. stuff. Right. So it's body work primarily mm. that is pro- the pathway to healing narcissism. Interesting, because you're like. If you think of it as an injury, much like paraplegics or just yeah, it's or an injury to their ability to Whoa. to connect with other people through emotions. And stuff. Wow! So that, that's why they have to do such extreme measures to try to feel an emotion. I yeah. have to pretend I am literally in a dungeon to like you just like the method. I have to stay there because I can't. Yeah, it's because yeah. they can't feel. Yeah, they're not connected to the. Yeah, that's an interesting concept. Yeah. I don't um. The thing that I think I need to work on most as an actor is dialing it back. I am, I mean, you can tell by my face, I'm just an expressive person. And I'm also, I express to the ability of my body. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting to me to think about not smiling with my whole face, right. you know, and to only smile with part of it so that your nose doesn't crinkle or whatever is anti-photogenic. Right. Um, like to have to think about that kind of stuff is ridiculous. Smaller gestures for kind Yeah, of- smaller gestures. Like, <laughs> I'm not do nothing. That doesn't... I do... <laughs> it, it, it's a struggle. For, it's not a struggle. Um, it is a challenge that I am willing uh to undertake mm-hmm. uh, like I'm, I'm going after it i just really am going to and everybody's like do nothing do nothing and it feels like cheating yeah because when your job is to open and express and be available that leaves you open to all of this stuff that is usually flooding from the body and and now you've asked me to put a, a big old dam over it and just you know eek out a little bit here and eek out a little bit there and and not let any of it show in your eyebrows while you have this raging conversation with somebody at at, at a level this high because the microphone can pick it up. Right, right, right. This is not on my voice at all. It's vocally damaging. Like there's so many things that we actors have to deal with, you know, and and then to put a method actor in the, mm -mm. like you take that method and go get some training. How about that? Right. Therapy. Go get some therapy. Therapy. Go stretch it out. Mm-hmm. Go mm-hmm. go work out yeah. your stuff with your mother. My, <laughs> I am really fortunate that I got to work out all my parents' stuff with my parents. That's awesome. Like, directly with them. Like, the, the benefit of growing up the way I did grow up is that my mom really treated us like, like individual adults. And was very straight about the way things were going to be. And if they were not that way, what the consequences were. Um, and when a person is aware of their consequences and and response able to those consequences, not just responsible, like response able, you can get some shit done because you've made the choice to. Mm-hmm. That's really definitive about um, a, a positive and forward uh, culture, period. And my mom made sure that she raised all her kids to be a part of that flow. Nice. Um my dad also really made sure that, you know, that the kids got, 
the direction that was necessary. He did a really great job keeping people on the straight and narrow, giving people the opportunity to go to college and that sort of thing. My dad worked all the time. He is a nonstop workaholic and <laughs> I respect that. You need to retire now, daddy. Um, <laughs> it's time to rest. Um, but yeah, that drive comes from somewhere and comes from him, you know? Yeah. Uh, my mom was pretty driven too, but she was really way more about treating people well and connecting with folks. And she loved theater and, uh, and that ability to express truth, someone else's truth, even if it's not mine, this playwright has put this piece together and for them and for those characters, that is who they are. And whether I agree with them or not, mm -hmm. It should not change the way I portray them, you know. Uh, like I said, I'm I'm not I'm not a religious person, but Doris is my church lady is. Yeah, yeah. Um, and myself, I, I have a costume piece, a little crucifix with a little little coin, uh, a, a jewel on it. <laughs> and initially, I was like, mm, I don't know if I want to wear this because it feels a little. If you are not a part of the energy, it feels weird to put your feet in it. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So so in, in a respectful way, it felt a little blasphemic. That's what I was sort of gesturing towards when I was talking about sometimes when I get hired to play a person of color, I feel yeah. like I'm putting on blackface. Yes. Yeah. And because I'm really not... careful about how I approach that. <clears throat> mm -hmm. Well, for you, I think it's a little bit, the, the edges are a little sharper mm -hmm. because you are biracial. Right. Or multiracial. I don't even know yeah. if you're only biracial, but you are you are multiracial and and um, uh, visually ambiguous. Right. So that is a world that you have to live in. But that living in that world has afforded you um, opportunities that uh, the rest of us don't have. So you understand your white privilege, mm -hmm. and You also have, also like have to deal, thing. yeah. Like I you don't also have, have to thing. deal with the negative, with the backlash, the colorized backlash. Right. Because in our society, if the brown people, if the dark brown people were the ones that were told that they were crap, and the light brown people were the ones that were okay, then the dark brown people started to hate on the light brown people, yes. and the light brown people started to look down on the dark brown people, and so now we have this colorism battle, and that's where school days. It comes from Spike totally. Lee was not telling no lies. No, no, right. No. Yeah. My high school was sort of that way, and and when we get sort of conditioned to treat each other that way, then we have to be deconditioned, sure. and that is tough. Um, but also consider you got two words, right? You got black and you got white. Take them, cut them in half, and put them together. Either way, right? You get two really interesting words. Right? You get whack and you get blight. <laughs> oh, damn. How crazy is that shit? <laughs> like, whack and blight. Like, I couldn't it, spell my head it's, just then. It's a, I think that is our energies towards that because we don't like the idea, of, because we went through this whole octoroonism for so long as a country. That whole one drop rule was so prevalent. And now everybody's got a little bit of something, but the one drop rule doesn't apply anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, and so now there's this backpedal and there's still the darker you are, the more likely you are to be shot by a cop, male, female, or otherwise. The darker you are, the more likely you are to be shot by a cop. So would someone like me 
still have the mind that I have, still have the energy toward like, like, oh no, you won't <laughs> that I have if I were your complexion? Possibly not. Yeah. Because my struggles would have been different. Absolutely. So I, I guess if anybody's going to have to deal with it, it might as well be me because I've overcome it. But our society needs to get better about that so that my nieces and nephews don't have to deal with that garbage. Like I have niece to, a niece and a nephew that are biracial. Yeah. And I don't want them to have to deal with stigma from two different groups of people yep. just because their folks happen to love each other. Like, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And I also don't want my niece, whose parents are both black, to have somebody tell her that she's not good enough because she's not pale-skinned like her auntie's other niece. Yeah. You know? It's, it's, it needs to be over and done with, America. The world already it needs to be over and done with. But we are continually pressed to infight, to color fight, to gender fight, to cis v trans v yada yada fight because it's important the, the important fight the green fight the fight for the money is the one that we're losing yeah well and it's As important for people with the money to keep us fighting with each other absolutely because that's the way they keep it that derailed the conversation for the thing you were saying about bit. the cross yeah but it's the cross such an important point about well but that was my only point was that i felt like it wasn't it's not and it's not authentic yeah. to me but but Doris is not about me. It's about her. Yeah. And so I put it on and I wear it for the show. But it takes me back to the part of me that was Doris. Yeah. I was Doris when I was in college. I was like straight up, if this was my Bible, I am thumping it. Like it was, it was my mission to save your soul when I met you. And that mission derailed me from treating people well, so I had to get off that train, period, um, which is why spiritually ambiguous. Um, yeah. uh, it's, it's, it's easier to just be good to everybody than it is to figure out who I don't like because their God has this name versus this name versus this name versus that name. Like, it's all silly to me. If you just take out the bad things in the Bible, the things in all of the books of religion that treat people poorly, and narrow it down to the Venn diagram of all of the good things, I'm gonna, I'm following that. Yeah. Put a name on that, and I'm all about that. But right now, that is not any of the of the organized religions that I have found. So it's fair. I'm just going to be good to people and see what comes back. That's another, I mean, I think we could point to money on that one as well. Yep, it all comes Essentially, back. Essentially, the, if, if you, if you allowed people in that Venn diagram to understand that we, that there's just love and and then grow up grow a thing from love mm -hmm. you don't need to meet regularly and give money and well, you don't have to worry yeah. about yourself you'd already be doing good things yeah yeah we're we're not an act based culture we're a we're funds based culture you know i mean yeah. to put us in this place where every single little section of who we are now we've got to be like oh i'm this group and so i'm gonna block myself off and be with people who are just like me but then inside that meta group is another little group of people down to another group of people and then it's just basically you and your energies and whether or not you're positive and and i'm i, I just want to be positive as yeah. much as i can i mean totally. there's some fights that have to be fought well and there's the other thing that we learn as actors and learn from doing the arc of the shows we're, we're hired and, and put together to play out 
an entire range of emotions yep. and moments and heightened, heightened. It, if it was a boring moment in someone's story, mm -hmm. we wouldn't be telling it on stage. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So the 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 breadth of emotions we get to experience and play reminds me that all of the moments are beautiful mm -hmm. and have teaching and healing. So this idea that that all of it is positive, mm -hmm. having a positive and negative experience, right? Mm -hmm. They're all positive. They're all valuable, worthwhile. They're all, all valuable. They all teach experience. you something. Mm -hmm. like some of my most enlivening movies and experiences that I've watched are likely for someone else the most depressing movies I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. Like life-affirming, oh my gosh, filled with joy. Some of the saddest songs. That is my natural response because hmm. I feel seen. I feel like all of the moments count mm -hmm. and are valuable in in the in the measure of what like a well lived life. Those things need to be included, and when mm -hmm. those things are included and shown in a particular way, I feel like okay, I can die today. I'm proud of the life I've lived because <gasps> I've had the expanse of these kinds of experiences. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it is. It does it does, and it's awesome that you get to participate in it in both ways yeah you know you get to be a part of it be a part of the expression of it and a part of of being impressed Truth. by it yeah you know um who taught me the word uh, not she didn't teach me the word i knew the word but um there's a thing to the construct of words the the etymology etymology and, I think. yeah etymology why, why are bugs and words so close etymology entomology that's so weird <laughs> so weird um but the word conspire like you know we've turned it into the sinister thing of they conspired together to tear it down it means to breathe together oh. i love that like that is that is so inspiring to me mm -hmm. to um to conspire with a group of really talented individuals who are all there to breathe life into a show there's a moment in the play where we all inhale together and exhale together on stage on mic with music it is <clears throat> it's it's this weird sort of catharsis this, this washing moment this anything that's pent up any because we're about to go into a really tough part of the show mm -hmm. and so to get to this point and like breathe that whole thing out right before we go into like the mad chaos of the moment is a beautiful thing all of us together and i feel like the audience does it with us yeah. and so that's like you know 520 people 620 people breathing together and and i that glow, like, yeah, it, it it permeates. I think it's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. I love it. I kind of, I kind of feel like there's a settling there. Hmm. I just wonder, like, what would happen if more groups got together and were breathing together? I know that that's the mission of my friend Melissa's. Meditation center is just around the corner. Yeah. People together and what that shared mm -hmm. breath is like. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I think in my next, in, when I write the next Bible, there's like, on the first day there's light and on the second day there's breath. Like, 
I think there are probably some spiritual. I mean, lots of spiritual practices around the breath. Mm-hmm. What that means. Yeah, the breath. I mean, it's critically important to life. Honestly, that first moment, it's, that first breath of air for for every child. Yeah. Some people's traumas are around whether they had to. They, be, but you know that you you exhale first, right? I don't know that I know that. There's there's <laughs> before you can. Because all that gook is in there and it's got to get cleared before the air can come in. Oh. Yeah. There's some like flemage and fluid. You know, that's why they go Babies. in and suck the little Goobers. stuff. Because all that. Plus, Sorry, that was me reacting to the thought of babies coming out of the body. <laughs> <laughs> but you know they're full of goo, and um, and and I think water births are really incredible. And if I were to have a baby, I would have one like that because they're literally in a in a pseudo aquatic environment in here. Mm-hmm. But you know they're full of whatever that stuff is. It's in their ears. It's in their oculars. It's in their nose. It's in their what is about to become their esophagus now for the first time ever, that that, that breathing thing. And so it's got to get out. So we cannot, we cannot breathe in the good things until we get rid of the bad stuff. And like, if I were to make an analogy to the country, we're literally trying to inhale with plastic wrap over our faces. Like we can't grow that way. We can't breathe that way. We're getting no, there's no oxygenation happening that way. Yeah. We've got to cut through the barrier. The problem with cutting through the barrier is that like all the stuff can come out and people are not ready to let the stuff out. They a lot of stuff is coming out. The it's whole coming, expression, the sharing of stories. Me too thing, all the stories, but I think outward. it may be a little too much. It's Pandora's boxing right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's compounding. Like, okay, so... <clears throat> I saw this thing and it was like, how come it's okay for Bill to have been prosecuted, but it's not okay for Brett? Like, what's the difference? Yeah, this happened years ago. Yeah, somebody's coming out of the woodworks about it. But what's the deal? Like, why is one of them okay and why is the other one not okay? Why is it okay for mm, young men or, or now not young men, but grown men who were molested by priests as children to come out and say, hey, I'm 38 and when I was eight, this happened to me. And that priest is supposed to get prosecuted. But a girl can't say, you know what? I was 14 and I'm 44 and this guy raped me. And yeah, that's and a they're like, answer. really? Are you sure he raped you? Are you sure he didn't ask for it? How short was your skirt? Were you wearing nylons? Did you have a drink? In that drink, did he happen to roofie you and you didn't notice that you got roofied? Like, yeah. where does the responsibility lie as a culture when, when your edges are not the same sharpness? If it cuts this way for the goose, it should cut that way for the game. It does not. It does not. Because, of course, black men rape. That's the story of what black men. Because that's do. what we've been fed since and childhood. Then, immemorial. Uh, you know, with the the priests, like pedophilia and other males. That's not where penises are supposed to go. Mm. But penises are totally supposed to go in vaginas. Yeah, yeah. Right. Anytime they want, that's where they go. That's yeah. those yeah. are the two differences. Right, in right, right. They oh yeah. Shouldn't be different. It shouldn't be different at all. It shouldn't be different now. There was this wonderful meme um, that this chick twittered all over the place about how <laughs> unprotected pregnancy is 100% oh, men's yeah, fault. Oh, yeah, I read that. That was incredible. And I was like, it so is. 100%. One, you have the sperm. 100%. Not only do you have the sperm, you have the sperm from the beginning to the very end. We are born with the eggs we're going to get. 
period, point blank, period. And you keep replenishing. Like I have this um, idea when I become, when you and I were going to share jobs as queen of the world. Okay. I'm going to handle the, um, the like uh, bionic tech humanoid part. And then okay. you can handle the politics because I hate that crap. Um, but once we get the biotech thing figured, the politics will be easy because people won't be assholes. So for ladies, we're going to have little baby boxes on the walls, little gestational boxes on the walls. Okay. You go in at puberty, you get all your good eggs extracted, you put them in the bank. Mm -hmm. And then you get your tubes tied. No woman ever has to die having pregnancy again because we can build a baby in a wall. They got the thing backpack. with the lambs. You saw the lamb. Yeah. You could have a backpack. Baby Terrible babies. Now, and men, same thing. Mm, 12, 13, right when they start getting the good juices going, getting mm -hmm. like you get a spank bank, you fill that thing, and then vasectomy. You don't need more than like a couple billion swimmers. That's maybe a year's worth of like controlled ejaculation. Bank, 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 bank. And then from the time that you're 14, you can go gangbusters because all the girls have been prevented from, you know, just popping out babies. Everybody's got to take a test before they can have kids. And it needs to be something that, like, everybody can pass. Right. No cultural stigma like math. Okay? Math. If you can't do simple math, you shouldn't be able to have babies anyway. Right. Or Because raising kids is math. Ah, uh, hug test. Hugs hug test. test. And then it's like shoulders yeah, stuff. No, no, no. no. Get around Full heart body. to heart. And if you can't control like how you if respond you can't, in the lower you can't bit, hug a person a and have your penis stay flaccid, then you don't get it's to a have slight children. slight out-tuckage there. Yeah. But just like... Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right. If you can't be in a room with a woman that's not your wife and feel safe, I don't think you should be in politics. And if you can't hug a child... Without getting an erection, you shouldn't be a parent. Or a priest. Or a priest. Or a teacher. Santa Claus. Or a Santa Claus. Or a mailman. What else? Or, some but, but But I feel like those people could have some really um, productive jobs in places where they are allowed to get erections. Totally. I think that's important, That if that is something that is necessary for your job. Also, you can potentially unlearn Ooh, how look, to... look, I turned the lights on. That was the universe saying yes. <laughs> We're doing great. Shining light on that. You have now been deemed to rule the world. Porn. People who get quick erections should do porn. I yeah. think porn is a place for those people. Absolutely. Yeah. Webcam stuff. Yeah. 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 I have no problem with that. I am super sex positive. Oh, see what the light did. I'm super sex positive. <laughs> I am totes cool with people doing things that are good, giving, game, um, uh, consensual, um, fun, and safe words if necessary. However, if you can't lock those six things down, stay away from people who, just people, and like get some therapy. <laughs> yes, okay, so if you, we've gone into like, oh yeah. I know. You don't have those locked down. But that's like thing. human things too. Like it's yeah. just, it's just be good to people and don't do dirty things to folks. That's not hard. That's not hard. It's not we have talked all. about a whole range yeah. of You've been everywhere. somewhat simple, potentially not easy uh, guidelines and instructions mm -hmm. to, for how to human. How to be a good person. Being a good person. Yeah. yeah. And we've given you an entire list <laughs> of what not good is like. Yes. Um, and I think 
since it's not our responsibility to necessarily mm. teach people how to do the stuff that we mm-hmm. suggested is equal to good people, mm-hmm. we we just be done. Yeah, it's not our job. No, it's not our job. But I tell you what, some people are doing good work. Yeah, I have some friends that are like out there making white people have conversations about race. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I have some friends out there that are making men have conversations about the way they treat women. Yeah, um, and. And I think the color purple will shine a light on a lot of that too, just to like plug the show again. It's a, okay. it's a story about a woman who life happens to and how she recovers with the help of the women in her life mm-hmm. and, and the, the kind of thing that is supportive, loving, caring community mm-hmm. can bring to pass it is a love story yeah yeah what community the love the community can Mm -hmm. can bring healing and friendship yeah yeah Yeah, it's great well i'm gonna go see it do 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 okay now they didn't hear this from me but you did if you drop my name at the box office you can get tickets for 50 percent off but it's only for friends of mine so that's you yeah (laughs) <laughs> and the Thursday performances, I know they're kid shows, but they're at noon. Um, there are going to be tickets available, so get those. Sweet. Yeah. We run a lot. We have eight show weeks, so come and see us. It's a lot of work over there. Yeah. I wish you the best. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for asking Thank me. Thank you for being here. I don't know if you've asked me questions or <laughs> that sort of thing, but I appreciate it. I don't know. To- I guess we'll get at them later. Hit me up if you have questions on my Facebook. Yeah, I will please. answer them if I can. Please, anyone who's... Uh, and if you have jobs, I'll take those too. Sure. Yeah. No, we can be contacted. Yeah. We're we have our names. So we look just like us when we show up. Well, except we also sort of chameleon. I def- I definitely chameleon. I don't look like me. When I show I'm up wearing a wig day. in this show, and I don't look like. I mean, I look like me, but I look like me and my grandma and my mom all in the same body. It's kind of crazy. Nice. If I ever took my dreadlocks out, I want Doris's hair. Oh, sweet. <laughs> I can't wait to see this. That's great. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Let me know when you come. I will. And I'll like. I'll come and say hi. Yeah, it's a stage door. Thank you. Can we do a, like yeah, a microphone mic? Yeah. Where's the no, mic? Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Thank Man, you so much. You're welcome. And they might, you might leave us comments and we'll see you in the next few days. Yeah. So we'll check in on that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, that's how that went. <laughs> Thanks for joining us in this episode. Thanks for watching, listening, I don't know, reading, imbibing, however you took this in. Thanks for being here. And if you really enjoyed it, I'd, I'd love it if you would do all of the things. Uh, like, share, I don't know, ring a bell, bang a gong, tell a friend, and come back next time. I hope you had as much fun as I had. <laughs>